fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere, and so we are thrilled to start off with season one, which will focus on Freemasonry and its roots in India, one state at a time. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lords or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non masons alike welcome folks to another episode of the ashlers in this episode we go right to the heart of india yes that is right our journey of chronicling the spread of freemasonry in india has taken us places and how we completed the northern part of the country we covered the western part of the country and we finally are at madhya pradesh so let me give you a little idea about madhya pradesh madhya pradesh literally means central province and it is located in the geographic heart of india it is home to 10 national parks and many nature reserves and some of the interesting places to see in madhya pradesh or mp as you call it in india are you know khajuraho the caves of bhimbetka the ancient temples of ujjain the historic city of gwalior and the buddhist stupas at sanchi you have to check out the uh, you know mp tourism's ad on youtube uh, it's amazing and i guess renesh is just head over heels about it <laughs> oh the i love the song actually i seriously love that song <laughs> i i think i'm going to have to check it out after this yes All right uh, let me also give you guys a bit of a history about madhya pradesh so it's you know divided into three periods the ancient period is of you know includes the nandas mauryas and the gupta empire the medieval period is with the rajput clans and the modern period includes the mughal empire the marathas and finally the british empire so rinesh you want to get deep into the british in mp yes so uh, folks you have listening to us we have been chronicling the spread of freemasonry the way british had actually entered our country and the way they spread across everywhere so uh, if you would have remembered or if you obviously remember the entire map of our country the british had already expanded or rather had created their dominion in a certain bases which was once in bengal bombay and madras now from here when they started going in roads obviously they had to meet at one specific location which was the central province they had a lot of uh, wars going on with the local rulers with the the empires which were there and i think the third anglo maratha war that is the war which clinched the deal that is where the whole dominion of british supremacy actually started in india now most of the madhya pradesh including those states at that time obviously madhya pradesh was coined later but initially there were states of indore bhopal nagpur 
Rewa and many other smaller states, they all became princely states of British India. Now, these princely states were governed by the Central India Agency. Afterwards, which became part of like a central province. Uh, please remember these states are, or rather these princely states still were part of that whole province, but they were obviously the central province. And from there, the name when obviously we were coining after independence, we coined the term as Madhya Pradesh. Now, coming to the Freemason lodges in Madhya Pradesh. One of the very old lodge in Madhya Pradesh or rather the oldest lodge in Madhya Pradesh was in Jabalpur. Named as St. John's Lodge number 601. Consecrated back in 1833. This was part of the United Grand Lodge of England at that time. After that, it was Indore. Sussex Lodge number 629. And it is very unique, right? Like you have a lodge in India with the name Sussex. I am kind of thinking or rather I am guessing here that maybe brethren from Sussex actually were staying or were stationed in this area and that's why they just wanted to have some sort of a home feeling over there. Okay, just just a guess from my side. So, you know, to your point, Ranesh, and I think we have pointed this out in one of the very early, I think episode one or two, if I'm not wrong, where we mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, soldiers uh, coming over to India all the way from Britain into yes. a land which they are not familiar with and you know having to live there obviously you would want to you know have things familiar to you so i kind of feel lord sussex the name came because of their um how to say homesickness maybe one other point Rinesh, uh, i think lodge uh saint john's lodge 601 i think it doesn't exist as of now right no it doesn't it doesn't these are uh well even sussex lodge as a matter of fact doesn't exist uh, these were all obviously lodges at that time when it was started, but I think uh, they had a short life, maybe less than 30, 40 years, I guess, not more than that. Uh, well, obviously, going from there, we have a lodge in Gwalior, a lot called as Lodge Gwalior number 3681, which was relatively new compared to all these 1800 lodges. That lodge was started back in 1913. By the way, even that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, on the other hand, we have a Scottish lodge in Mao called as St. Paul number 389 and that was consecrated back in 1858 which is actually in existence still now and it has apparently been doing really good. Uh, Also going back to some of the lodges in Indore right there was a lodge called Malwa Lodge which was numbered uh, 1994 it was part of UGLE then uh, by the way they're still in existence and they moved on to Grand Lodge of India and now they are numbered as 37. It is technically the oldest lodge in Madhya Pradesh under the Grand Lodge of India. We also have a lodge Central India, number 3467, which was again consecrated back in 1910, which is now numbered as 84. Uh, We have a lodge in Khandwa, lodge Coronation number 64. We have one in Gwalior called lodge Sindhya number 88. And in Bhopal, the oldest lodge, even though it is called the oldest, it's technically, I somehow feel it's one of the youngest ones because it was consecrated back in 1963. And it was actually, I, if I'm not wrong, the first lodge in Madhya Pradesh, which was part of the Grand Lodge of India, the newly constituted Grand Lodge of India, because it was in 1963 and GLI was formed in 1961. So Lodge Bhopal number 154. There is also a past master's lodge and uh, listeners you must have heard about the whole concept of past master's lodges which has been created in some areas this is these are lodges 
which are managed entirely by the worshipful masters the ones who have completed their tenure as a, a, like a president of a club kind of a thing similarly worshipful master of a lodge they complete their tenure and then they become members of these lodges and these lodges are very interesting because they teach us they literally guide all the youngsters and how to do certain work and how to manage everything they are kind of like those you know what like a like a mentor group and if you ever get an opportunity to visit such a lodge and see how they work out how they actually work it's you should you should really do that so chiguada is a place outside of bhopal and they have a lodge called lodge satpura which obviously got converted into a past master lot called lodge bhojpal but shishir this is where there is an interesting bit there are some lodges which i found out in madhya pradesh which somehow did not have the name associated to bhopal like for example uh, obviously coming from mumbai right i know a place called borghat in lonavala however there is a lodge called lodge borghat in indore there is also a lodge port of bombay in indore now this is something which was interesting and i know you uh, and we were discussing about why this has happened i, I think yeah. you have a better intake to that yep so when i speaking to uh, you know brother uh, jn chaudhary and uh, you know he told me that there were some lodges that got transferred from those states and came over to mp hmm. so i asked him out of curiosity that why would a transfer like that happen like what what would be the possible mm-hmm. reason so what he told me is that these lodges were you know not uh, doing very well in those places so they came over to mp and now they're doing good okay. and you know i found it very interesting uh, rinesh because for me again it goes back to a point that which i think we have been talking about in the past few earlier episodes right, right? about brethren coming together to make things happen instead of reinventing the yes. wheel or you know instead of opening a new lodge altogether when other lodges are not performing mm. uh, you are innovating you're finding new ways to thrive to survive so in such a case if that lodge feels moving to another state makes sense why the hell no exactly <laughs> What do you, what no, do you I, I agree with that. Rather than trying to start an entire new lodge, try to get those people. Let's say, for example, you know that there is somebody who is already uh, like available there who can actually take care of all these things. Bring that lodge there. We have a lot of examples. And by the way, uh, the the interesting examples you will find is are in Scottish lodges or rather Scottish constituent lodges. They had a lot of lodges in the western part of India because that is where most of the Scottish brethren used to uh, stay, like in Bombay and Ahmedabad. So these are some of the lodges which actually moved out of that area. Like for example, in the last episode in Gujarat, I was talking about one lodge which was in uh, uh, Gujarat itself, one of the Scottish lodges which moved to Kerala. So, like rather than trying to do something new, you just spread across so that you actually kind of help. Makes sense. At least in this situation, it definitely does. Definitely, yeah. And we also have to commend the brother in that you know they uh, were so enthusiastic and believed so strongly in masonry and the ideals of masonry that they took this decision. Yes. To, you know, move out and thrive. I think that is something commendable because otherwise it would be like, oh no, we are from Bombay, so we'll do in Bombay. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, you know, the survival of the fittest, I guess. Makes sense. Uh, by the way, right. uh, on an interesting note, right? I uh, was well. This lodge called Lodge Borghat. I actually got an opportunity to see their Masonic banner. Uh, if listeners, if you ever get the opportunity to just search about this, please do that. It's an interesting take, right? You know, it, so Lodge Borghat is te- is technically a name of a, 
a, a tunnel which is there in Lonavala. So when you are obviously traveling from Bombay to uh, Pune, right? You obviously cross this nice, amazing place called Lonavala, and uh, most of the brethren who used to stay there, right? They wanted a lodge there. So that is where Lodge Borgat actually came into place, and the lodge banner literally indicates what we as freemasons want to do in our life we want to approach the light of understanding the light of knowledge so they kind of showcase that in through a tunnel a train is actually approaching or rather coming out so it is from darkness to light and anyone who has traveled in a train through a tunnel you obviously know that at one point of time you really feel that there is no end to it obviously uh, in in a in, in not in a literal sense but yeah you do realize that there is everything dark that you don't know what's going to happen and then the the guy who's running the train right who's dry, who's who's actually at the start at, at right in the beginning he knows that yes this is the path which i need to take because that's the only path left and he just sees light so if you ever get to see the masonic banner it will just clearly indicate what they want to talk about true and uh, i'll just bring in one little bit here for the listeners and this is one added uh, you know bonus of content that you guys can actually check out Hmm. So I had the you know privilege of being part of uh, uh, an another masonic video based uh, you know podcast called Quarry Site Chat hmm. you can check it out on YouTube I'm still there in, in <laughs> one of those episodes yeah you're you're still there in that yeah I'm there I'm there uh, in that so yeah so I I, I attended that meeting that uh, particular session too and you know it's very beautifully called out you know there's a very nice discussion that happens on query site chat with regards to that lodge banner yes and a uh, lot of interesting stories yes so i would highly recommend you know listeners to check out that just search for query site chat mm. i think there are uh, four or five episodes if i'm not wrong yes So yeah, there's a lot of information. Yeah, and, and this was a, information. As a matter of fact, this was our first episode where Brother Anand Gokhale yes. actually gave a discourse on Masonic banners, on explaining what these things are. And at right in the end, he just showed us this beautiful banner of Lodge Borgat, and we were like, "Wow, this!" I, I, and the the explanation which he gave for that banner, that as I said, right, guys, we really need to look at your own Lodge banner to find out what it actually explains. Maybe you can even write a small. uh like one paragraph or a two paragraph line about it that is something which uh, all the guys who are joining your lodge can actually understand about correct let me add to that point uh, renesh so you know thinking about the origins of freemasonry right it, hmm. it's quite ancient hmm. and most of the people right they were not literate to the point that they couldn't like read or write so symbols that is why masonry is filled with symbol symbols right? yes so symbols made or conveyed a lot of you know information so a simple thing like a level has so much profound uh, you know uh, meaning to it that you can write books about it so a lodge banner is nothing but just that which sets the theme for a particular lodge true i think any brother of any lodge should pay some attention to what their lodge banner is all about and ask questions and to to renesh's point at least have a paragraph worth of you know some information about it it's actually quite interesting yes yes uh coincidentally the last episode of quarry site chat was about masonic symbolism which uh listeners please do check it out yes highly recommended okay so that takes care of uh you know the lodges in mp i would like to talk about some of the uh charity projects that are undertaken by the brother in uh, mp So uh, that includes uh, Dhanyadhan, 
then Jyotirgamaya project and there's even a Masonic Eye Hospital that is being run. Yes. Uh, Anything you want to add here? Yes. Uh, regarding the Jyotirgamaya project, this was one of the projects started by one of our past grandmasters. Obviously, when he was an, uh, when he was actually as a grandmaster, he had started this project. This is basically electrification uh, using solar light, using solar panels to some of those rural villages where those electricities were not available and everything. So they had obviously selected some places, some rural locations where it was required. So the, the name itself, Jyotirgamaya, is basically literally bringing light to the, in their life is what was actually planned. And it has been an amazing thing. I, I think I, unfortunately, we are the unlucky ones. We were not able to be part of it. But this has been a long lasting project. Again, one of those projects which has been still going on where we are still working with them and it's, simply nice. Dhanyadhan again is something which wherein projects actually, uh, sorry, lodges actually come together and they kind of donate that money so that they can actually donate food to some of the needy and the privileged or the underprivileged ones which really require that. So these are some of the things which we have been doing. Superb. Um, you want to get into okay. some famous names, Rinesh? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, the Maharaja of Indore, uh, the belonging to the Holkar dynasty of the Marathas, Yashwantrao Holkar II was a Freemason. P.K. Maheshwari, he was one of the veteran journalists, and R.C. Maheshwari were also some of the famous Freemasons from Madhya Pradesh. All right. Thanks, Rinesh, uh, for uh, you know sharing some of those names. And that talks a lot by itself that, you know, uh, whether you're a king or a commoner, masonry teaches you to be humble. S- Right. So with that, uh, there are a few brethren who, you know, I would like to thank, um, who really helped us, you know, with this research. And as we have been calling out in even our previous episodes, brethren, it is you who are helping us to make this, you know, podcast a success. Uh, a lot of our research is by information that we gather by speaking to different hmm. brethren. And this way we get to, you know, make new connections, you know, increase our knowledge and also share that knowledge with everybody through this particular podcast. So I would love to thank Brother J.N. Chaudhary. He was kind enough to, you know, give his time, undivided attention, answered all my questions with a lot of patience. And, you know, a lot of what you heard today is coming from uh, Brother J.N. Chaudhary. I would also love to thank... Uh, brother Dr. Ravi Mule, then Brother Girish Wag, and Brother Sanjeev Srivastava. They all helped us connect with other different brethren, shared some information that they could, and you know, what you are hearing right now is coming from all of them. So, thank you so much, brother. You know what, Shrishir, uh, when you said these names, right, obviously when you had uh, spoken about that, for a second I didn't remember much about it, but then I remembered I've actually read articles and papers by Right Worshipful Brother Jayan Chaudhary and they are simply amazing. I would like to place my sincere thanks for him guiding me with his book which he had actually presented to me called Masonic Musings and obviously thanks to Worshipful Brother Sanjeev Srivastava who literally actually he had actually had to come to Bombay and he delivered it to my place saying Dinesh I have the book don't even worry about it I will ensure that you get that book and all so he went out of his way to ensure that I get those books and it's been a pleasure reading that book so guys if you ever get the opportunity to get your hands in any of the papers by right worshipful brother Jay and Chaudhary please do uh, my favorite in that book was a paper called my brother oh wow it, it really it really like 
connects with you that what exactly would you like to do for your brother what exactly would you like to do for uh, the society in general when you consider that everybody around you is very similar to you see we might not have the same traits but we are similar he also is a human being i am also a human being consider them as your brother treat them the way you expect them you expect them to treat you that's it it's it's very simple thank you uh, hats off to right worshipful brother jayan choudhry for that and that is the essence of you know harmony isn't it yes how would you like to be treated hmm. obviously uh, you would like to be treated nicely then how should you treat someone else hmm. exactly like how you would like to be treated because if you ask this question to person x y z hmm. they would also say the same thing true nobody wants to be treated like trash yes i agree exactly right and no one should treat another another person like trash we are all humans we are fighting our own battles um you know we all have battle scars by living through life least we can do is be hurtful against one another true and i think that is what harmony is all about so with that note um we come to an end to this episode uh it's been you know it's been a fascinating journey chronicling um the spread of masonry and we have a lot more to cover so uh, we will be covering chatisgarh jharkhand and orissa in our next episode yes so any brethren out there who can help us with you know any information uh, with regards to masonry in any of these states please reach out to us brethren it would be great help we will anyway be reaching out on the other whatsapp groups and what not but if you are listening to us on this episode please uh, connect with us the links will be in the description um, so you can actually reach out to us um, i am shishir and i am renesh so if you know our names please reach out to us by phone as well if you have that um, and beyond that listeners we always have this humble request with you that if there is anything that you would like to know more about mm. we are always ready to help you with that too any questions any doubts feel free to write to us our email is already there in the show notes our social media links are in the show notes so we are out there you just need to drop us a line so please do that and if there are any you know bits of information that you feel can be added or should be corrected also let us know we are absolutely open to that the whole idea of this podcast is to spread the right information about freemasonry so obviously correcting it updating it goes without saying right so we are open to that too so please reach out to us with that thank you so much everyone for listening for your time until next time goodbye goodbye well that just about wraps it up folks we sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of freemasonry and what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the gentle craft if you have any queries about what we shared on this episode or generally on this podcast or even about freemasonry please check out the show notes for links to the grand lords of india's website or feel free to write us an email please do look forward to the next episode Thank you.